All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Kirk Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. It's an honor to have you guys uh, here listening live today, and it's the same honor to have anybody take their time to listen to this on the recording. This week, we're going to be discussing self-talk. If you're new to the podcast, Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and the coaches together in this kind of community environment just like this to encourage our goals and aspirations by helping provide the teachings and the principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest minds with us people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. This week, we're joined by Austin Byler. Austin is the CEO and founder of Major League University. You guys got to check them out. They provide some great mental training and are making huge positive impacts on the youth side of sports. He's also a former MLB draft pick. He's a podcast host. He's one of the owners of the Gem City Bison, and he's got the awesome Project Sandlot going on. Guys, let's welcome Austin Byler. Austin, thanks for joining us again, man. Really appreciate it. Kirk, it's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm fired up. And uh, hello, round two action, man. It's awesome to see all the guests you have on, man. It's incredible content. And just great insights, man, into so many different people's lives. So I appreciate what you're doing, man. You're killing it and uh, excited to get into it today. Well, well, I appreciate you jumping on with me again. And, and that's kind of just really why, why I wanted to chat. Uh, I just enjoyed the conversation so much and it was crazy when I looked back on it and that was episode seven, you know? And so it's, it's funny that uh, it, the weeks it compound, man, they, they add up, everything builds up. And I'm just excited to chat with you again, because, you know, through this process, uh, it's been fun getting to know you and 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 wanted to support you guys and everything you're doing. And I just realized that, uh, you know, uh, just the other day and in a conversation with somebody else on a podcast, Austin, that this whole process has been getting new teammates. And so, man, I just really appreciate you being a teammate that's, uh, you know, just joined in, uh, you know, the brotherhood of life and, uh, you know, appreciate you being there and, and having this conversation with us today. Dude, absolutely, man. I love that uh, concept of the teammates, man. You're stacking the good days too. And um, it's fun to watch the growth too, you know, over the weeks, years, days, you know, it kind of stacks up. So um, I'm pumped, man. It's been an honor. So uh, I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get right into it, man. You, you're, you're doing some amazing things with Major League University, man, not to mention your other awesome ventures that you're part of. Tell me about a time before all the good that your self-talk was not so great. You know, how did that affect the things that you were doing? Oh, man, it's it's crazy to, to kind of go back down um, some of the stories because that could have been today. Right. It could have been today. <laughs> There's a lot of days where. Um, sometimes that self-talk isn't always the best. I remember there was um, a specific year and it was right after my first year of, of professional baseball. I had, I had a really good season. It was really encouraging. I was, I kind of had my own plan uh, in my own head and it's crazy how God has much different plans for us in our lives. And uh, my plan was, Hey, I crushed short season A. So obviously I'm going to crush high A, go to double A halfway through the season and then get to the big leagues and Paul Goldschmidt, like move over, dude, no, no worries. And so, um, in that time, I remember I felt a, a drug test going into the offseason. It was about halfway through the offseason, and um, I felt a drug test, and I, and I was told I was going to miss 50 games. And instantly, not only was my mentality shattered, did all the tools that I was using were went out the window. I remember Jager, he's listening in here, all amazing, right? Amazing guy, and um, came to our school in Nevada, taught us visualization, taught us that uh, just the, the power of our mindset, and, and we used it every single day. I used that tool ever since he came in every single day that day forward but then for whatever reason once this experience happened to me i stopped i stopped using the same tools the same skills the same uh you could say mental toolkit that got me in the right headspace all along and so i remember my self-talk was you're a failure you're not any good you suck people hate you 
what are you doing? Your character is flawed. Um, you're a scam. Like whatever word you can possibly say, and there's plenty more that I would say without this being a recording, right? And so, um, but it was just really negative self-talk and, and it brought me down. I remember like my body language, my posture, that next two seasons. I mean, it was a two-year process of this, right? Where you're, hey, you're never going to make it anymore. Um, you've got a red red mark on your back now uh, in the organization and um, there's just, there's no real hope for you. And so through that experience, man, that's why we do what we do today. And um, that was a big time where that self-talk was was shattered, but also just recently, right? Like just with the way that life happens, um, people passing away out of nowhere, people that um, one day you see them, the next day they're gone. And um, there's just so many things going on with mental health today that social media can kind of sway how we think. And when we look at things too often or we spend too much time on the social media platforms and we don't use it for good, it can really sway our self-talk and feel like we're getting behind feel like we're not being heard, feel like we're not being um, attended to or whatever that might be for each person, right, specifically. So um, I know some days, right, it's probably about six months ago or so, I was really frustrated with just social media in general. And um, it was kind of on the business side, right, trying to get in and, and help other people and kind of share our message, right? You do a great job of sharing a positive message daily. And um, I just felt like I wasn't catching any traction, kind of frustrated. And I'm starting to get into comparison mode. And once you get into comparison mode, the self-talk starts to get shattered a little bit. So um, those were some times recently, too, um, of that. But I think it's a daily battle, Kirk. I think it's a daily battle that we all face. I think the morning time and the nighttime are the two biggest times because we're the most vulnerable at those two times. And that's why it's so important to um, just have simple routines that prepare you for the day and also for sleep to have a great day the next day. Dude, you touched on some really important aspects of just the life experience that we kind of all you know, go through and, and you have these peaks and valleys, uh, even in the process of, of growth. And, uh, interesting to hear that you had that stretch for yourself that, you know, things didn't go the, you weren't using them the same way that you'd already used the tools before. And, you know, so you've let us hear about how we're not supposed to talk to each other. What, what do you consider to be productive or positive self-talk? What, you know, and what helped you get back to those changes, even after being in that kind of two-year rut? Yeah, I think, uh, mentors are big man and and, and our, our sphere of influence is so powerful you hear it all the time but you don't always i guess give it the attention that it deserves or needs and so i, I remember i came out of that that well my second to last season of pro ball and was kind of going into that off season i knew i needed to make some changes in my life um, I, we've shared it on the previous one but kind of addicted to to prescription medications for a long time and um, i just wasn't living the right life i, I was i don't want to say suicidal but i was really depressed right? My anxiety was through the roof and um, just really negative, right? And so um, I started with gratitude. I started a gratitude journal. Um, I started to write down just three to five things each day that I was thankful for. And the first couple of days, I was like, ah, this is stupid, right? The self-talk kicks in of like the, the bad things that you don't want to hear because you don't want to do it in that time. Um, but then I started to do it over and over. And I started listening to some more podcasts. I started to just reach out to mentors, people that I respected, who I knew I could lean on and depend on, who were doing things the right way with integrity, high character. And um, that really started to change my mindset a little bit. I was like, man, there is some hope, right? I started to have better days. And I remember driving over to spring training my last year at 18, and um, I was so much happier. I was so much more joyful. I was filled with joy. I was like taking in the sunrise. And instead of 45 minutes to an hour in, in Phoenix traffic that I originally was thinking the last two years, it was 45 minutes to an hour of enjoying a beautiful sun, sunrise, of seeing the beautiful mountains of Phoenix, of um, maybe getting a little bit of heat early in February, right? Like just having those experiences and being grateful for what you have. And so 
just that subtle shift in writing things down and encompassed some of my senses, which allowed me to um, really just resonate with the things that were going well in my life. And so the gratitude piece really started to shift things back there. And I kind of, kind of kept it until then, right? And so it goes a couple of ways, right? Either I take my walks, like I take daily walks, even if it's 110 in Phoenix, right? I don't care. I'm still going to take the walk. And I just say things that I'm grateful for. I think about things that I'm grateful for. I think about all the good that we have, all the opportunities we have, because in life, it's really easy to fixate on the things that we don't have, the schools we don't get to talk to, the person who doesn't text you back, the program who doesn't respect you, the the, the thing that goes wrong in your family, whatever it is, right? It's easy to fixate on those things. And so the gratitude piece was really big for me because it just started to shape the way that I thought. So um, that was a, a big piece back in 18. I remember being so much happier and just so much more joyful. And I'm just in a more clear state of mind. And so that's something that we'll teach with, with athletes, whether it's individually or as a team, right? And so simple, you hear it and see it on social media, but it's true. The simple, like there's so much power in simplicity. And so that's one thing that's been huge. Um, meditation, right? Meditation is, I mean, that's a go-to. I was just talking to an athlete before this and I'm like, dude, look, I won't miss a day because if I do miss a day, I'm not the same person. Like I'm more um, kind of like edgy, right? I'm kind of on edge. I'm quicker to jump at somebody or get frustrated or to kind of feel demoralized over the simplest, like really dumbest things. And so meditation has been a big piece for me. Um, just sitting there and breathing, falling in tune with my breath, falling in rhythm with my breath, um, engaging those senses once again, and just slow myself down, man. Like we live busy lives. There's a lot going on, but the, the more you can slow down the pace of life, the better you're going to feel, the happier you're going to be. Man, there was a couple of uh, really powerful you know, phrases that I wrote down throughout that, that answer that really gets into, you know, how I wanted to hear that you use self-talk and ultimately these other works within major league university you talked about um you know hitting the different senses the power and simplicity and you know slowing yourself down and and that's something that we talk about a lot within the game of baseball slowing yourself down there so being able to to utilize this skill set and apply it within our sport we're going to be able to slow life life a little bit uh down a little bit easier on our, on our pathway there. So, you know, how do you use uh, self-talk to positively help the young men through, through major league university using the, like some of these other tools you talked about visualization, meditation, you know, how, how do you, how do you apply it? Yeah. So um, I'll never forget once again, Jager, right. He's in here and I, and I called him when I wrapped up playing and I knew that I wanted to do this. Um, there were three people that came into Nevada when I was playing there. So my first two years, we had nobody come in. It was really old school. Um, we had our old coach, Gary Powers, there for 31, 31 years. Amazing dude, just a little, just did things differently, right? Super old school, boot camp style, army style, um, kind of get in your face. And then we had Jay Johnson, who's obviously at LSU doing incredible things. And um, just the way that he acted as a leader, he didn't have to say a word. And we just saw his leadership every single day and the staff that we had and the people that we were pouring in. And so he brought three different people in. He brought in Alan. Right. And that was one of the first ones he brought in Carlene Sugarman, who worked at Stanford. And then he uh, brought in Dean Wellens, who worked with Team Elite Performance and some of the best teams in the country. And he brought in those three uh, groups. And so over time, right, I think there's there's no secret to the sauce. Like you start to figure out like what works. And if three people who you highly respect, who are having a lot of success, who are doing things the right way, um, you start to realize, OK, these things right work. So I called uh, Alan probably um, I don't even remember when, but maybe early 2019. And I was like, so what are like, your best recommendation to get into schools? How do you go about the process? What are these types of things? And I'll never forget this. And it's something I've taken forever and will continue to, to share with others is leave them with something. 
leave them with something like whether that's visualization great you left them with something it's something they can take action maybe it's the gratitude journal maybe it's um, a visualization script maybe it's just like the power of self-talk and the stories that you shared with them about identity and how your identity is not found in how good or bad you do on that baseball field that basketball court or that football field like leave them with something that they're going to take with them so i consider like hey every time i go on i'm like hey, take one little nugget out of today like whatever that nugget is great i don't care what it is but like take that one nugget and obviously you plan and prep for it but i'm um, just giving them a nugget man something they can take so um the visualization piece is huge for us right we teach it to anybody whether it's 11 new kids or 25 year old pro guys like it doesn't matter who you're working with i think it's such a a powerful tool but i'm um, also just giving them some different things to help them process through some of the failure or the ups and downs that they're going to face. Right. And so I always tell them, Hey, you're going to be your own best coach, not your own worst critic. We have a bunch of critics on social media. We have a bunch of critics in the game, right? There's ego that creeps in. You have enough people telling you whether you think they're telling you and it's your perception or they're actually telling you that you're not good enough. Um, saying those types of things. And so why not be your own best coach? Like think of your best coach or somebody you've had in your life that's been a big mentor. Like think about that one leader, Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your grandma, maybe it's the teacher that you had in third grade. I go back and think about that one person. We can all think about them. And what were the qualities and the traits that that person had that you really respected, that stuck with you, that worked for you? Like, what would that person tell you when you're 0 for 15 and you feel like you can't hit anything or you're struggling to get your Division One scholarship as a football player, even though you went in as a four star recruit? Like, it doesn't matter what sport it is or life aspect, right? It goes everywhere we go. So um, those are just some little things, right? Um, and then I always kind of just describe and using some of Trevor Moad's work, um, unfortunately passed away, but I really enjoy how he works and um, just the things he says and just some of the power of negative thinking, right? And, and just helping athletes shift to the neutral zone. And that's staying in the middle, right? Positive thinking is great, but to be honest, like we might look positive on social media all the time, but we're not all positive. Right. We're all going to have days where we're feeling down or we wake up on the wrong side of the bed or we're frustrated with something or whatever it might be. Friction is good. It means change is coming. So um, I teach athletes, how do you get to the neutral zone? Like, how can we have words, phrases, things that we do? Maybe it's a physical process. Maybe it's a verbal cue. Maybe it's a visual cue that you can use to get yourself back to neutral. Ken Revisa says green light, red light, yellow light. Right. I'm thinking, like, how do you get to that neutral zone? How do you get to cruise control? Right, what's your tools to get there? So um, those are just some of the things that we'll teach them with. But I love analogies. I love stories. Um, that's just kind of how my brain works. And so I try to just share stories with with different people, whether it's a business or a team or a coaching group, and just say, hey, here's some stories that you can use, take a nugget out of this thing that you can take with you on your journey. Man, that it said some super valuable insight there into just the different modes of self-talk. It's not all just, hey, I'm sitting here talking to myself. There's There's a... We're gonna do it, regardless of whether or not we we think that we're doing it or or, or not. It's gonna happen. And what can we do to try to put ourselves in a better frame of mind to to help ourselves in that situation? And we can do it, like you said, through meditation, visualization, any number of things that put us in that intentional state. You know, even journaling and and things of that nature that you're talking about. And and uh, I really appreciate you sharing that aspect of the you know the power of negative thinking and where. Yes, positive thinking is great, but ultimately there are some people that still motivate themselves through negative self-talk, but they, it's about kind of turning the page and making it productive versus counterproductive in uh, you know, self-talk for yourself. So how, 
how uh, how do you find yourself getting um, you know away from the the power of negative thinking for yourself? Do you have a, a particular routine that you would you would share to somebody right now that that could help them out getting out of a of a little bit of a negative thinking cycle? Dude, that's such a great question, and it's it's like the million dollar question, right? <laughs> it's like what's that one thing that can just change my life? And uh, <laughs> there's, really, there's, there's really not like one specific thing, but it all comes down to awareness. And am I aware of when I'm spinning out of control? Am I aware of when I'm kind of might be going off the rails or my mind's drifting or shifting into that negative state? And so I think we're all going to get there or feel ourselves going that direction. But how aware am I? to bring myself back to the neutral zone, back to the middle. How do I play in the middle, stay in the middle? So um, really more importantly than any sport thing that we could talk about, like just life-wise, because as a coach, if the coach is in here, you're going to get negative, right? You're going to be frustrated at your athletes sometimes. Like people aren't going to do what you get to do uh, or what you want them to do, right? As a teacher, we're going to get frustrated. Everywhere we go, we're going to get frustrated. But it comes back to the awareness. And I think uh, even Jager posted something great today about awareness of breath right? Just bring yourself back to the breath, bring yourself back to the present moment, being aware of when you feel your heart rate. There's a really good study going on in New York City, and it's for the NYPD and, um, or not the NYPD, but like the fire department and PD a little bit. And so they're, they're giving them all Apple watches. And I want to do this with baseball. So if anybody wants to invest in some Apple watches with me and hey, let's do it at a summer team or something like this role, but they're doing a, a really cool study with the, uh, the paramedics and fire department and police department to see when are they the most stressed and in the most strenuous states of mind? Like, what does that look like? What's their heart rate get to? Um, what are some of those like signals or symptoms so that they can help these guys and gals get back to a more calm, present state of mind? And so they give them all these Apple watches and they're, they're, what they're testing is their heart rate. So, hey, we're going out to a, a, a domestic violence case, right? We need backup. Okay, well, and initially I'm a little nervous or there's an active shooter. Uh, maybe for the fire department, we're going into a fire or here in Arizona. There's so many of these forest fires. It's like, man, maybe I'm a hot shot. I'm going out into the middle of the desert where it's 100 degrees and there's this massive fire. And at any moment, this fire can catch wind and shift into my direction and I'm screwed. Right? That's a, a fearful state of mind. We get scared about, oh, I'm going to lose the championship. I'm going to lose a game and my record as a coach doesn't look so hot. Hey, I had a bad game as an athlete. We lost. And I went over three. Like these dudes and girls are facing life and death every day, right? Same with the army. So for them, they're, che they're checking their heart rate and how calm they can stay under pressure, how calm they can stay during like maybe a lot of just adversity. And so it's just a really cool study. And so I think the biggest piece with that from what the guy um, we were talking with him about was, it's like, how, how well can you bring yourself back to your breath and be aware that when your heart rate starts beating a little too much right and you start getting a little nervous and you can feel that tension we can all feel it right you feel that tension or negativity or whatever it is in our body creeping in how quick can we process through that how quick can we be aware of that so we can make the shift the conscious shift right because it's our choice the shift to not allow those emotions to dictate how we feel that's the key that's where the golden sauce is so um with this study and i just thought it was really interesting to share because it goes back to, hey, if you feel yourself getting negative, same thing. Like just bring your attention back to that breath. Get yourself back to the present. Well, and I love to, I love to hear you share that story because uh, that's just the perfect conduit that sports gets to serve as. And it can prepare people now at this age, it, from a young age to a, to a college age to even you know, a professional age for 
life situations where you can prepare yourself now to be able to apply that stuff in a, in a situation where you do need to control yourself and have a little bit more of a, of a clear thought process and make important decisions when you need it. But we can't pretend that in life that we're going to be able to be successful in certain situations if we don't test ourselves. So this is just another life lesson where you're able to dry run important stuff that's going to happen and be able to prepare yourself for the perspective that you really do need. Like you said, that people are out there risking their lives every day in different kind of employment. And at the end of the day, we're playing sports. So if we have fun, do it at the same time, we're also preparing for, for life after. So key, man, it's crazy what uh, sports gives us. And as athletes, when we're in the moment, we don't recognize it, but when you get out of it, you recognize it immediately. Like all my coaches say, hey, you're going to remember this. You're going to remember this. It's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> dude. Like, whatever. And then you get out of it, you're like, dang, coach was right back in eighth grade. Coach was right back in high school. That's just crazy how it works, but you're right. Dude. That's a great perspective to have. So, so why do you think some people are so aversive to intentionally practicing productive or positive self-talk? I, I think it's a personal choice. If you can't help somebody that's not ready, it's like a drug addict that doesn't want to get clean. It's like an alcohol um, somebody who's addicted to alcohol who doesn't want to stop drinking. Like it, you just can't help people who don't want to be helped themselves. So I think that's one piece. I think some people thrive off negativity too. If you see, uh, if you go on any Facebook thread and you just go look at some of the comments on some of the things, you really can tell who's, uh, who's having a good day and who's not having a good day and taking their day out on others. And then I think a lot of people have stress, man, in their life. Like for us, like, Coaches, I mean, they, they bust their butt, man. And a lot of people in here are coaches, listeners, right? Coaches, athletes. Um, but when you get in the real world, we're not designed to live in a nine to five confined environment. We're not designed to live in an environment where we're caged in, where we feel like we can't speak our mind, where we feel like we can't share what's on our, our heart. And there's a really good example of this in the, I guess you say business world now with what we're going through with the bison and the summer team. Um, we got our team and this is the first time we really had to build out a team outside of sports, right? So like sports wise, it's in my mind, pretty easy, like just get good people that are on it for the right vision. And same thing in business, like get the right people who are on it for the right vision and mission. And what we've noticed is we've probably got a team of 10 to 15 people now, maybe even more. And we, we've recognized that a lot of these people, all of them that we have are not used to environments where they're, where there's positive reinforcement where there's encouragement, where there's, hey, there's a problem, like let's find a solution instead of blame you for the problem. So I think a lot of people in our world, man, there's a study and there's like 75% of people hate what they do, plus 75% of people in the world that are really angry when they go to wherever they're going. So no wonder there's road rage and these types of things. But um, when I think about it, it's like, we're learning firsthand and watching it, how a lot of people just haven't been in environments that foster a loving, caring, genuine relationship. And so um, I think that's where a lot of people live on edge and they're always kind of high anxiety, a lot of like, nerves and just fearful to, to speak their opinion. And so when they get out of whatever that workplace might be, it's really quick to snap on others and take out their work or take out their bad game or take out whatever it is on other people. So I think that's where a lot of that negativity comes in or I guess apprehension to it where like, yeah, I'd love to do this, but it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work. Like, why would I do this? So they just haven't seen that side yet. 
Absolutely. It reminds me a little bit of a, a little Zig Ziglar story where he says that most people don't really, uh, when they tell you about their problems, they don't really want you to fix their problems because uh, yeah. if you go ahead and fix them, then they can't tell you again, you again, and you again about all, all the problems that are going on. So I, I, I agree with you so much that, you know, you just can't force it down people's throats. They got to be ready to walk through that door and, and challenge themselves in a more productive manner, because like I said, it's, it's going to happen. It's all just, might as well choose to intentionally work towards something that can get you to where you're you're going to be content with with where you're at as a person and what you're working towards and what you give back towards society. Yeah, you know who you are, you know your values, you know what you believe in, and you stand firm in those, right? Obviously, like we listen to other people and, and hear others' opinion, but you said it perfect with the story, man. It's like most people just want to be listened to. And most people don't get listened to, whether it's their spouse, whether it's their friends, whether it's their family. I mean, go to any family reunion, at least at mine. Like you look around the Thanksgiving table and 95% of the people are looking nose down in their phone, but they're <laughs> getting talked to, right? It's like, you're not actually listening to me. I see you scrolling your Facebook page with your phone like 10 feet out in front of your hand because you can't see. <laughs> it's like, dude, I know you're not listening to me right now mom right so i'm not throwing anybody on the bus but um, <laughs> just, just playing but um, it's true right it's true so people just want to be heard man that's really all it is and um you can do it by you say intentional all the time doing i love that like intentional living like how can i live out my values if i were to go into a supermarket could craig see that i have values and who i am right could um, christine see that like i am who i say i am just by watching how somebody lives or are you somebody completely different when you're in society versus when you're at home? And so I think those things are important for all of us to just check ourselves every once in a while. Absolutely, man. I, I fully agree. And, you know, when we talk about self-talk, uh, you know, helping the other areas of our life and that these other aspects of exercises that contribute to our self-talk as well, you know, but what kind of other skills have you seen grown from increasing, you know, our, our self-talk and our mindfulness in these young men? Yeah, I think uh, just openness, right? Communication is key. So um, I guess you can call it a skill. I think communication is a skill. You got to learn it. And there's obviously a major in schools for communication that I think a lot of people just take because they think it's easy. <laughs> but it's, uh, I, won't, I won't do anything there. But um, to me, it's like, hey, let's have these active conversations about it. Like, I think that's a great way to learn, right? I think some people don't even know until they, they're told something or they're, they hear something like oh, a kind of thought-provoking question or, or anything like that. Um, obviously you've hit it on the head with the journaling. I think journaling is so key, big fan of that. Um, if I don't write things down, I don't remember them. So the more you write them down, the more you remember them. So that's huge writing things down. Um, and just making it a daily practice. It goes back to the awareness. Like, let me just be aware of what I'm telling myself because we can be our own best friend or our own worst enemy. And the only thing preventing us from success or failure is the thing that's going on in our head. And it's that little voice that's talking to us all day long. And that's the only person that we cannot get rid of. That's why so many people struggle because they can't get rid of that thing in their head, which is themselves. And it's just that the, the, the piece that, and you can call it the adversary, you can call it the devil, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But um, to me, it's, it's like, it's just that outside voice that sometimes can distract us from our true vision and our true calling. And so um, I think just actively practicing it is huge and being able to recognize when you are spinning out of control and you are losing maybe some of that self-talk or getting frustrated with things or, and then also the awareness to know, like, what are the things that don't bring you joy? Cause there's plenty of things that are good in this world that don't bring some of us joy, but there's plenty of things that do bring us joy. So do more of what you love. Like to me, when I get out to nature, Kirk, I am so 
Um, I'm so calm. I feel so present. I really feel connected with the Lord. I feel like I'm in this, like, just really, uh, I guess, tranquil kind of mindset. And I feel like everything's just okay. That kind of sets my nerves at ease. And it just helps me reset. I love living in the Bay Area because I could go hike down by the water. I can go hike out on the beautiful mountain. I can go walk outside and it's 70 degrees and, and beautiful, right? So just, I think, doing things that you love, that we get so busy that we forget about those things. It just helps us kind of get our, our mindset back to where we need to be and also just our heart our heart set back to where it needs to be as well. Because I think a lot of the stuff stems from our heart. Like, what are those feelings in our heart? A lot of people carry a lot of baggage. Um, there's a pastor actually up at Hillsong and um, a little guest speaker up in uh, up in San Francisco. And mind you, where I'm going to, and I'm living there, I lived there for like a, a year in the city. And where we live is up on Russian Hill and it's right up by Lombard Street, which is like the windiest road in the world. And um, every day it's, it's literally like clockwork. All you hear is glass breaks. No, 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 no. And somebody comes in and breaks into all these cars. And it's like this craziest experience. I'm like, man, all I'm hearing is like these people just like lives like are ruined. They, they come all the way from China or Japan or wherever else they're coming from. And like literally these robbers are breaking the windows, taking all their baggage. And now they're sitting there like crying on the curb. It was insane. And then you go down the hill and you go right to the ghetto. And that's where the church was, right? It's right on there. And this guy starts telling us these stories and he tells us this this story with us and this is how i kind of just see a lot of people living today is like think about you're going through tsa when you're checking in for your plane flight you got your bags you got your little roller bag you got a little duffel bag and you, you got your your blue powerade and your sunflower seed and you put it all up on the tsa little bag check and it starts rolling through right it rolls through and ding 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 and the tsa light like lights up hey i need to check your bag okay cool I'm like no worries um, you go through, you go over, you go up to the TSA agent and they're checking your bag and they say, hey, look, you can have all of this stuff right here, but this blue Powerade and this, this sunflower seed, you can't take with you. Like you can still go to your destination, but you can't take these two things with you to your destination. Like you've got to drop the baggage. And so I think if we relate to that in life, it's like, what baggage do I need to drop? What burden do I need to stop carrying? What person do I need to forget? Whether it's right or wrong, right? That, that's no and void. Like, what things do I need to get rid of so I can live and step into the experience that I was meant to live? And I think that's one of the keys, man, in life is recognizing those things. So um, just constant practice, man, really just being aware of it is where that stems from. That's beautiful. I, I love this, the the story there and and really just the, you know, the climax of drop the baggage, you know, and and we move towards getting better at different things that we're working on and the mental game being something that's still relatively new for most people that are working on it, even in comparison to how long they've been playing their sport, it's going to take time to get better at it. And, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have overnight success results you might feel good, but to get good at this, you have to stay consistent. And that's why, you know, you got people like yourself have said, I won't miss a day you know, for, for the, the different things that keep you steady and going towards where you are and, and leaving the baggage behind. Cause uh, many times to move forward, like you're talking about, there's things that don't get to come with us that are, that are holding us back on that pursuit of what we're trying to work towards. So I, I appreciate that story and, and that, that just insight there. So, you know, really that kind of answers some of my next question, but is that part of the challenge? You know, how do we reach these kids better and earlier? And how do we really encourage them to, to give this stuff a try and, and drop the baggage? Make it a part of the school system, man. That's, that's where we start. You can talk about all these things in the school system, but, but you X out the one thing that all people have to deal with and that's themselves. 
Like, uh, let's make it a part of the school system. Let's be um, cognizant of that. And let's like be initiative takers. Like, let's get it into the schools. I can't even tell you how many athletic directors or principals or people I've spoken with who like, regardless of what it is, it's, oh, we can't do this because of budget. We can't do this because of this. It's like, if the mental health of our, of our students, not just student athletes, like regardless of the student athletes, our students, the people, the humans, the next generation of leaders, why are we not coaching them up at an earlier age? Why are we not giving them tools that they can start working on in their toolkit, just like we do in math and the core curriculums that we have at most schools? And so for me, it's like, man, why, why are we not doing this? Like, what, what is the reason? Right, what is the reason? And I still don't have the reason. Right? I have my opinions, but I won't share my opinions. But to me, it's like, come on, let's start training and equipping these kids at an earlier age. Like maybe it's just, and this is how we can do it on a micro scale, which makes a macro change. Say I don't have any kids, but say I have three kids. Well, okay, I'll, I'll use my my uh, my brother, my sister-in-law, for example. So my brother and, and, and her, they obviously have, they have a baby and um, his name's Jackson, little four-year-old. And, and what she'll teach him is every time he gets nervous, because he's going to be a nervous belly, right? He, my brother's like high anxiety and stuff. And so he's, every time he gets nervous or has a breakdown or is getting frustrated and his little face turns red, and this is a four-year-old, right? She goes, Jackson, calm down, three breaths, three breaths, three breaths. And so he's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he goes, and as he keeps breathing, it gets slower and more rhythmic and more controlled. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's done with his temper tantrum. Like it's, it's, it's not always that easy, but it's a lot easier for him because now he's been trained since those young years, which are the, the most adaptive that our minds are, right? They're, they're soaking in everything. We're a sponge in those years, two to seven. And so for him, he's learning this skill. He's learning that tool. So in school, why aren't we making it, hey, the first five minutes, Let's go write one really cool thing about one of your classmates. Let's go share one cool thing that happened in your life this last weekend. Like what was one good thing that happened to you? Let's go do a three-minute breathing exercise, even though it's a bunch of kindergartners and they're five to seven years old and you think it's going to be like a, a playroom or playhouse at McDonald's. Like let's sit there for the first three minutes of class and get present so the next 45 minutes aren't a waste of time. Like it's just simple things that to me are, are very like it's alarming, right? One for the school system, but number two, it seems pretty simple, but we're just not doing it. So I think we just need more people that are proactive about it, which we're getting that help hopefully now, but the school system is the biggest key. And then on the micro scale in your own household, to your grandkids, to your, your kids, right? Your personal kids, maybe to your friends, right? Or your neighborhood kids. Like I have a buddy who takes care of his neighborhood and they're doing team gymnastics and they're having fun, but they're learning life skills that they're not learning anywhere else. And so I think it just comes from, doing it at an earlier age, working it into the school system if we can, and then teaching our kids and giving them access to these tools because these kids have phones in their hands at eight years old sometimes. So when you're looking on the TikTok, I remember this, and this is Kirk Howe self-talk can be so um, defeating. And this is why it's so close to my heart is I remember sitting at uh, one of the, the food places and restaurants around here. And it's my fiance's friend and she's got a daughter. She's 10 or 11. And, uh, a young blonde, right? Dancer, and she's watching these TikTok videos of this famous, like 10 or 11 year old. I'm like, how do you even get famous as a 10 or 11 year old on TikTok? But she's doing all these cool dances and kind of looks the same as this girl, ironically, which is kind of weird, but it was just kind of like what the story was lining up to be. And I see her body language and her posture like so defeated. And all she said was, like, I wish I was like this girl. I'm like, you're 10 years old. You shouldn't be wishing you were somebody else. You should be proud of who you are. 
but we, we've been given these phones and technology, which can be a great resource, but sometimes can be used for the wrong things. And so it creates this comparison mode, which then a lot of people just, they, they feel defeated, right? The self-esteem gets defeated. So um, working in the school system, man, I'm a big proponent on that, big believer in that. And I think we need to make a big change um, within our school systems and that people that are, um, that are in leadership positions that are actually ready to make leadership roles and make leadership decisions not just kind of go with this, the social norm is how it's been because things are changing, man. And um, the, the rates are alarming, especially with student athletes, the students. I mean, every day there's something new that pops up and it's because we don't have that foundation that we should have, right? Being built up through the school system. Man, I, I think that's such a great initiative to to really get to be part of. And, and that's, I think it's unique that it's these different, platforms and these different situations that will hopefully compound towards helping people either move towards that initiative themselves or our own initiatives move towards that stuff in, in, in a steady growth. But man, just making it part of the school system and, and starting in the household is, is just where it's all got to start for these kids to be able to use it at, at the age that's then right for themselves. And like you said, you know, they're making these decisions at, at much younger ages that if they're making them with a, a better pathway, then, you know, what can they, they do for themselves when they encounter these, these different stuff. And the, like I said, the, the rates are alarming right now and something's got to continue to be done at a, at a, at a micro and a macro level. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing that perspective of things, man, but you, we, we've talked about helping and giving others, you know, to, just to help themselves, but why do you care so much about, helping the youth and helping and move people forward of all ages, you know, what, what's, what's your purpose? And, and you're talking about these, these changes that need to happen at this level, you know, what's your purpose and what, what do you hope you can work towards, man? The purpose Kirk, man, is very simple. It's to, is to help people, not just athletes, but help people never feel like I felt when, when I was in those moments, I thought professional baseball, I thought the destination was everything. I thought that when I got that, then I'd feel this. Um, I thought that that was everything in my life. And I thought, man, once I get drafted, life's going to be good, man. I cried on my draft day both times because I was so disappointed. <laughs> it wasn't even a bad round. It's like, what are you thinking? Like that was a day that you dream of since you're three years old in the backyard playing with the little, um, those pop-up nets where you're bouncing the ball off, making diving plays and throwing strikes and, and breaking windows in the backyard. Right. And you dream of this moment. And then you get to the moment you get to the destination. Well, or at least you think you do in your mind and all the joy never comes. You're like, well, what the heck, what's next? It's like, man, the joy is in the journey. I, I say it all the time on social media, but I truly believe it. And I share it with these athletes. It's like, look, let's just take some time to reflect and notice how blessed you really are. You have two legs that work. You can go play. You can dribble a basketball. You can kick a soccer ball. You have skills that most kids aren't gifted with. You have a mentality that's different than most. You're learning skills and social skills, life skills, all sorts of skills that most people don't even get if they just go to regular school and don't play sports. Like there's so much that we can learn through our journey that we're on. And so that's really my purpose, man, is to, to make sure that no athlete, no person ever feels how I felt where I thought I was supposed to be at the highest of highs, but I was really at the lowest of lows. And I had to mask that, that pain with other things instead of being okay with who I was and knowing that, hey, my values might not align with every person in this world and just how it's going to be. But I know my values. I know who I am. I know what I want to accomplish. I know the things that I want to do for others. And I know it's from a genuine heart. And if you know those things, you can accomplish anything but it comes from trying to fit in or trying to be somebody that you're not, um, that those things start to happen. Right. And that's what we're seeing today. So that's really the, the main message, man. And it's crazy to sit here and see 
I mean, three people, right? Jager, Dean, and Craig, who have been massive mentors, whether they know it or not, through this journey that I've been on since playing days, right? Since playing days and still taking things that I love from what they're doing and from other people that we get to meet. And so you can learn some something from anybody that you meet, whether it's the, the 16-year-old kid that's sitting in that room that never plays in any but works his freaking tail off every single day, or it's that 45 year old individual or the 80 year old man that you meet at the coffee shop. Dude, you can learn anything from anybody. And so I think it's keeping that open mindset with everything that you do in your life and, and being open to advice, being open to constructive person, being open to other thoughts and philosophies that could help. Man, I, I, I think that's too noble of a, of a purpose to, you know, just want to be able to serve serve others and, and help them, you know, avoid some of the feelings, like we said, that, that we felt ourselves. And so you put yourself in an awesome situation though, to be able to follow through on what that purpose is, has been placed on your heart. You've got MLU project Sandlot and, and even now gem city bison, you know, cast some of your vision, you know, you know, for what you hope to do with those kind of projects. So what, what's something that you'd love to bring to light? That's a goal that, that you're really working for that you have no problem sharing about. Yeah, I mean, I think that the main goal has kind of been the goal since 2019. And uh, I got an opportunity to go speak to a, a college for free. It was a three-day event. Uh, my old, One of my old coaches was like, dude, we need some help. These guys don't believe that they can compete at this level, but I know they can. Can you come in and talk to them? I said, what in the hell am I going to talk to these guys about? <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm like scrambling, calling people. Hey, do you got any advice? Um, and I was a nervous wreck down. Man, I, I remember just I didn't sleep for three days. It was freezing cold. It was Tacoma, Washington. Um, it's definitely not Arizona heat. And so I'm up there and, and, and it was the best three days of my life. And it was, it was the most incredible three days. And so from that moment on, I was like, man, I want to speak to, and I'll speak to anybody. I don't care if, if you're a nine U team and you're the worst team in the entire country, or you're the best or worst college team. It does not matter who you are. Like I, I go out and do it because I truly care about the kids and, and want them to succeed and have outlets and have people and mentors because of the mentors that helped me. And so stepping into their shoes, um, is massive, right? And just kind of following in their footsteps in the way and, and following their guidance along the way um, is huge. But I think for, for me, Kirk, really the, the vision with Major League University is to impact millions of kids. We started with a million, we kind of shifted to a billion. And our goal is, hey, over the next 30, 40, 50 years, however long we get blessed to live here on earth, um, how many kids can we impact? How many people can we impact? And what we've noticed is we don't just impact the kids, we impact the coaches that are sitting there with the kids. It's crazy to see some of these coaches who are dialed in. And you can tell when you go into a program, who's got a good culture and who doesn't. Um, and you can tell who really makes it a priority and who doesn't. And so I'm um, going into certain programs that do make it a priority. The coach is taking notes, the coach is sharing with the kids, the coach is asking reinforcement. It's incredible to see, man. And, and when I'm in those moments, it feels like I'm stepping into the box on opening day for the first time again. Like that is like my honey hole. It's the 2 fastball. It's what I love to do, man. And so that's really the main mission is impact millions of people. I want to speak in front of thousands of people at once, um, ideally 100,000 plus, which would be pretty cool. But um, like kind of going that Tony Robbins route, man, where um, you just fire people up for a day, two, five, seven. I don't care how long it is. Like just get people fired up out of their comfort zone a little bit, excited, and then really just continuing to learn, man. I think life's all about learning. Um, I'm nowhere near haven't figured out. I'm not even close. But to me, it's like, hey, I'm going to keep asking for guidance, learning from people who have been there before me, who I respect, who do it the right way, and who I love their stuff. And so those are, are big keys. And then um, bison-wise and everything else-wise, man, um, just providing a cool opportunity and experience for kids to go play college summer ball. I think this year, 
Um, we'll be out there for the most of the summer and then kind of bounce around to some speaking and some camp stuff that we're doing. But um, for, for me, summer ball kind of changed my career. I met a great mentor who I'm actually doing this with as well, um, who really shaped the, and changed my life forever. And I'm giving them an outlet, giving them a, a, I guess a breath of fresh air away from the college environment that they're used to being in. And hey, you can do this a different way. You can do this by having fun. You can do this by being a good person and by playing freely. So um, a lot of great goals, man, a lot of great visions. I'm super excited about it. Like I said, nowhere near figured it out, but um, we're, we're learning every day. We're growing every day and uh, just keep hey, equipping the toolkit as much as you can. Man, that's a, some awesome vision, Austin. And, and one of the things that I took away from it from just a real personal level was your direct correlation back to the sport that you used to play. I mean, you're a perfect example now with just even that opportunity and that share to help these kids understand that that's almost what you're seeking. That's what doing that in that moment and being that focused in the moment of playing your game can take you into finding that moment in, in life with whatever career you choose. And that's, you know, getting connected to that 2-0 fastball, feeling like you're, you're in that spot in a game where you, where you're just called upon, you know, you're going to get to do what you were asked to do. You, you prepared for it, you've done your job. And now it, it's that time to, to celebrate with your teammates and, uh, you know, putting yourself in these environments where you continually get new, new teammates and new atmosphere and new just people to impact. So uh, I think it's an awesome goal to set towards a, towards a billion people. And just, you know, of course with the gem city bison, I think that's awesome to provide that experience to people and, uh, and get into that realm of just how do we make people enjoy their experience watching another experience? You know, how, how can you get them engaged that much more and, and have some fun with that? So, and I, and I know based upon what you do, having that opportunity, it's going to be a fun game to get to go to with the gem city bison for sure. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun, man. It's going to be great. It's going to be creative. My buddy is so creative and out of the box. Uh, I can't, I can't lie. It's not going to be like the bananas. <laughs> we won't be like the bananas, man. I don't got that much sauce, man. They are on it. They're doing the right thing, and uh, I think they've they've set the example for what minor league baseball needs to be. Enough of these these grumpy old owners who just kind of sit back and do the traditional way, man. There's a reason why baseball is declining, and it's not the it's not the pitch clock in between innings or between pitches. Like, come on, man. Like, give these dudes time and space. Like, it's a TV timeout. It's all the other stuff. Don't even get me started. So making it more enjoyable for the fan, I think that's huge. But uh, more importantly, man, no matter what mission field you're on, no matter what um, calling you're called to do, I think it's just being the right person. And you never know who you can impact, whether it's somebody who walks through the gate, somebody who you see in your apartment complex, somebody you see down the road, or the homeless dude or girl on the street, man. There's so many people that can make an impact. And um, help shift your perspective a little bit so hey, that's just amazing uh austin you ever used a self-talk card i have not I have okay not. okay um, hey, hey, i uh, did use i did sorry sorry i did use a uh for a while i forget which book it was it's actually recommended by dean um uh, high performance habits i think it was by brendan broussard and it was like uh i would set these reminders on my phone and it was like you are worthy you are a beast, you are powerful, you are fearless. Like just some simple reminders. So like, instead of my alarm popping up, it was like, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is that? Who's calling me? And I looked down, it's like, you are worthy, you are powerful, you are fearless. And so I thought that was pretty cool, but no, never the cards. No, it's, that's, it's very similar, but it's just, again, you know, another intentional aspect of trying to 
you know, reshape and reframe, you know, your mindset of different things that you believe that you're capable of. And especially if you've got things written down that, you know, you don't practice well for yourself to have to read that intentionally every day and know that, Hey, it's an area I'm lacking really starts to give the perspective and it helps you work towards making sure you acknowledge that, you know, potential shortcoming and, and create it as a, a benefit of an area that you can be counted on as a person. Cause I think that a lot of this stuff just really breeds towards, our personal accountability as as an individual and what people can come to expect of us so that we can we can help them and if we want to help these people you know we, we have to be able to sh to to show people that they can be helped and that you know they can be you know trusted as well too but throughout all this process you know that we're not holier than thou and that we're going to make just as many mistakes as others but it's about having some of these systems in place to get back on the horse when you have some of those bad days I love it, man. Falling back on the systems that you have in place, man, it's huge because, you know, emotions are going to go all over the place, man. It's, it's really just falling back on those systems. So I might I might have to pick your brain after this call, man, and, and talk to you about this a little bit. <laughs> get, get your insights on this, man. Coach me up. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, uh, before we wrap up the day here for ourselves, and what and anything else that you want to make sure you share, other practices, something that you feel like is overlooked, just anything that, that you got that you, you know is important that you want to make sure to share that maybe we didn't get to talk about today? in person over social media all day long you know, take care of the people in your corner take care of the people in your household before you go trying to get the the global tweet or tiktok video i think uh, we lose sight of that sometimes myself included and um, taking care of the people that really mean the most to us our family members our kids our, our fiancés or wives or husbands or whoever else is living with us our teammates our coaches our, our players if we're coaching here the teams we get to work with like really making sure we take care of the people that are around us um, you never know whose day you can make, even if it's the local coffee shop, man, I'm a big coffee fan. So driving through the coffee shop uh, window, I mean, there's one lady there that always makes my day, man. She's always happy. She played an April Fool's joke on me and my fiance and got me big time. And so I'm like, hey, you got me, I gotta get you back. But um, just anybody, man, you can make somebody's day by just being a good person. And uh, it's really crazy to see that when uh, you go in with really good energy, some people are just taken away. Like, what is this? <laughs> Who are you? Because people just aren't used to it, right? It's just not the normal thing today. So um, I think the in-person over the out-of-person, man, the social media can get um, bogged down a little bit. Take care of the people in your corner. Take care of the people that you're with. Be present with them. I mean, it's so hard to do. So simple to say. Um, but really working on that, right? I'm working on that every single day um, to be more present with the people that I'm around. And um, I think that makes a lot of value right in our life and it helps us live our fullest life. And so uh, real quick, last weekend, my, my Twitter was hacked on the weekend and I woke up to the, the Twitter hacking thing and I'm freaking out, dude. Like I'm going into straight up like panic mode, like, oh my gosh, everything's done. Like I'm, I'm hacked. I don't know what's happening, but I'll tell you what it did for me, right? It made me not be on social media for three days. It forced me to not look at my Twitter every single second and to get off of the freaking thing. And it allowed me to have that mental freedom and perspective of you don't need this to feel worthy. You don't need this to have a coach bring you in to go speak. You don't need this to go connect with a friend. Like you don't need this for anything. Like nobody was calling my phone saying, dude, where were you with your morning tweet? Like nobody was doing that. And so it really gave me this fresh perspective Kurt, of what really matters. And so I'm kind of going through that now with my grandpa. He's kind of on his, uh, who knows what's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks or months. And I'm seeing it firsthand and, I'm just learning from him and my grandma, man, while I have the chance to. And 
seen the perspective of the life that they've lived so simple, never even had a, a, an iPhone or anything like this or social media and have had so much happiness and joy in their life. And so for us, like, let's not forget the things that truly bring us purpose and bring, bring us meaning in our life. And that's the people that we love the most. Uh, I really appreciate you bringing attention to, to the core and to the, the people that were around the most and the people that will have the most impact on uh, you know, it, the people in our circle. So I really do appreciate you you acknowledging that. And uh, Austin, can you let everybody know somehow if they're not following you already <laughs> as we talk about uh, social media and everything, you know, where anybody can find your content and how they can get connected with you? Because, uh, uh, you know, I know it's awesome to, to be able to have and connect with our people, but yeah, I think you're so right that we do have to make sure that we have our perspective days and Sometimes technology being down is it sounds like a good thing for yourself and, and a good moment that was that utilized in your best interest. Yeah, I mean anywhere really Twitter here is easy. Um, major university. Uh, for some reason, Twitter blocked the league. <laughs> so I'm not for copywriting or what, but um, they blocked the major league. So we're major university. So it might look a little different on Twitter, but you can follow us there. Um, Nick does a great job. He's been kind of taking over our social media, and then um, we'll combo some of the stuff, and then. Instagram, same thing, Major League University, Austin Byler, um, really on any platform, anywhere you want to be connected. So um, we're just grateful for the opportunity, Kurt. I love what you do, man. Your, your Monday Monday tweets with the videos give me juice for the week. Um, you might not know it, but I take a lot of insights out of that. I take a lot of passion. But more importantly, I take the courage that it takes to stand in front of a, a camera and record a video and put it on social media uh, with the hopes of it hopefully reaching somebody and reaching their heart. And that's what you do. And that's why you're so good at what you do, man. So I'm grateful for you. Grateful for the people in here that uh, sat in here for the mentors. There's been plenty of them, too many to name, but um, just so many good people out there, man. And I think it's just ignoring the noise, blocking out some of the uh, the excess stuff that we have in this life. Um, the last thing, Kurt, was had this thought, and it was we, we, we live in this life with so much abundance, yet so many people feel like they have so little. It's like we have the abundance of anything, opportunities, things, Amazon overnight delivery, if not same day, like all these cool things that we can get and receive. But the most important thing is um, who we have and, and the heart that we have. So. Um, I'm just grateful for you, Kurt, grateful for the people in here that stayed in here the whole time, too, and uh, just kind of tuning in and taking some time out of your night to uh, spend some time with us, guys. We appreciate it. That's too kind, Austin, and uh, thank you again for, for taking your time here tonight. I know you've been working at, at both ends and even had just gotten done with a, another person or even possibly a team before you jumped in here with us, so I I thankful that you kept the fountain poured on so that we can get some information and some valuable insight to use in our own lives today, be reminded of some different things, gather some perspectives and, and just uh, get some more energy and positive life to be able to continue taking on this life uh, together and knowing that we're all kind of moving towards the, the same destination and facing the same issues that we're going to have to face and giving us each other the tools to, to take them head on. So, you know, appreciate your time again here tonight. Uh, looking forward to continuing to watch everything that you guys do and, and everything that you have coming your way. And I fully believe that, that you're going to be uh, Tony Robbins in your own heart as well, too, and, and find your niche that makes you even, even better than him because we've learned from these great people. And if we have that vision of getting better, then, then better watch out because they showed us the way and how to get there. You're the man, dude. You are the man. And last thing I got for you, go Suns, baby. We're winning the championship. I'm a Fairweather <laughs> fan. I'm a Fairweather fan, but hey, we're sitting here. We're about to watch it. We're going to get rolling. Uh, uh, my fiance says I just jinxed it, so I hope I didn't jinx it, but <laughs> that's the last thing I got. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, Austin. And, and thank you, everybody, as well, for taking your time and being here with us tonight. Looking forward to our next conversation next week. Take care of yourself. Bye. See you guys.